The Women in Media podcast is proudly sponsored by Organic Traditions for spring 2024. Stay tuned for a special deal during this episode. I'm Sarah Burke, and this is the Women in Media podcast. You gotta love the iPhone. They have built those things to keep every contact you've ever had. For this episode, I went back to a contact card I've had since about 2007, a friend from university, to see how the hell I could get in touch with one of the most booked tattoo artists in the world. And sure, I love her art, but I had just watched a video that had me in tears on her new website for a jewelry line called Chronic House. So my first interview at Chronic Inc., uh, I sat down with Ricky and I showed him my portfolio, which was, to be honest, laughable. And Ricky, you know, in a very, very nice way, said, refine my drawing skills. And, and I did not take that for an answer. Fast forward, I became the first female owner of Chronic Inc. I mean, my career took off quite fast. I was having a lot of people book with me, so I had, you know, a very long wait list and it was becoming very surreal. And yeah, I guess you could say that I was living the dream. And then it kind of all came to a stop for me about three years ago. Um, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. I had um, arthritis in all of my joints. I, could, I couldn't bend my knees. I couldn't walk. I didn't know whether I could uh, tattoo until the day that I woke up. My guest today is Joanna Roman. She is the founder and head designer of Chronic House Jewelry, the first female partner with Chronic Inc., and a talented tattoo artist known as the Queen of Clean Lines. Joanna Roman, welcome to the Women in Media podcast. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you. Happy to be here. And who's this you got with you? This is my little girl, Tootsie. Tootsie is a very cute dog. Yes. Oh. She's my little angel. She is definitely main character energy, so she'll probably be uh, <laughs> bothering me a little bit through this, but, but at least she's cute to look at. If you want to see some of the video, we're putting the podcast on YouTube now, so check that out. Anyway, awesome. so you and I have met, I think, maybe once, possibly more than once, through a mutual friend, Sarah Murphy, who I went to university with. Back in the day, Western days. You were one of her like crazy party friends who came up, you know, in first year yep. to uh, yep. to go to the bars. And I was really new to the bar scene then, so I don't even want to know at that point how I was. Yeah, I didn't go there for education. I went there for fun. <laughs> <laughs> when did you get your first tattoo? What got you into this world? Um, oof. I got my first tattoo um, before I was actually a tattoo artist. Um, I think when I started tattooing, I only had two very, very small ones. So... I had gone to just like some random shop. I didn't know like what artist to look for. I just assumed that, yeah, you could walk in, you can kind of get anything. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, that mentality has changed <laughs> a lot. But luckily, I didn't get anything too bad. But yeah, I started uh, tattooing about uh, six, seven years ago as an apprentice. Um, and then I think I've been professionally working as a tattoo artist for about five, six years. So was it art and illustration was always your thing? Does that go back to like when you were growing up? Yeah, for sure. So I'd always uh, drawn as a child. I'd always loved to do it as a hobby. Um, and basically, I was just, I, I used to work as an ECE. So I used to work with children and I did also private therapy with children with autism. Wow. Um, yeah. And it was, uh, I love kids. I loved working with kids. I mean, I loved my job. I didn't love the pay. Um, so shout out to all the youth workers out there because it's, it's hard and they need more compensation. But for sure. That's a story for another day. Yeah. But yeah, so I basically, um, I'm not going to lie, I had a quarter-life crisis. And I just decided that I was not happy doing what I was doing, even though I loved the children. I just didn't find the job as fulfilling. 
Um, and I had always asked, been asked by friends to, you know, hey, can you help me draw on a design? I know you're good at art. Could you, you know, maybe help me design a tattoo? So I did that for one of my friends and uh, the tattoo artist actually ended up reaching out to me after the tattoo was done and said, wow, your work is really, really good. You should think about being a tattoo artist. And that's kind of how the light bulb went out. And then I had some really supportive friends who really, really pushed me into trying something new. And it was scary. And I had to kind of, I was at first doing it kind of in between jobs and just trying to practice. And then I ended up just kind of taking the really scary plunge and quitting my ECE job and going full time as an apprentice, making no money, (laughs) working for, you know, crackers. And uh, yeah, eventually I was able to graduate and became a tattoo artist. And then a couple of years later, I ended up becoming one of the partners of Chronic Inc. I opened up my first location at Square One. Which is in Mississauga, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know. And uh, yeah, now we have nine locations. um, And we just opened our last one in uh, Las Vegas, our first international shop. Yeah, I was just going to say, you just got back from Vegas. I feel like that was last week. And yeah. and so you were part of like opening, you know, the first international shop. How does it feel to like expand a Canadian business internationally? I mean, it feels amazing. Um, obviously, I haven't been with the company from day one. Um, I've only been there for about, I think I'm getting my timelines wrong. because like time is very fleeting, especially with COVID and all that's happened in between. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it was about year nine that I started with Chronic Inc. And we just celebrated 15 years in a business. Cool. And uh, I know that, you know, any kind of business, especially tattoo industry, staying constant and strong for 15 years is a very, very difficult thing to do. Yeah. So the fact that not only are we able to sustain the shops that we had, that we're able to actually continue to expand is uh, something that I'm really, really proud of. And I feel like I, I read a post, or maybe it was an article, that you were being interviewed. Oh, it was BlogTO. I remember this. Yes. And yes, yes, yes. you made a comment saying that like you think Chronic Inc.'s tattoo artists, even in the apprentice phase, are probably much stronger than so many other tattoo artists around the world. Like, What is the maybe like the values of, of the company, of Chronic Inc., that, and what attracted you to that business in the first place? Um, I mean... Chronic Inc. is uh, probably one of the more progressive, if I would not say most progressive, tattoo studios that I've ever seen. Um, We just, there's really big values of like, you know, obviously strong art foundations and we have amazing mentors and head artists who are there to give, you know, apprentices their teachings and guidance and help them through their journey as they learn how to tattoo. Um, And we are pretty selective about who we eventually will, you know, turn into apprentice and then turn into a artists afterwards. And the company just holds a really strong community presence. They're very much about the people, which is what I love about them. I think we're like the first tattoo studio that actually has like benefits, healthcare, HR team. Yeah. So, um, you know, because I mean, the tattoo industry typically or historically has been not the greatest place for a lot of women. Um, There's, you know, obviously a lot of stories that you hear about some men who kind of, you know, you're you're doing a job that you have to be very close to someone's body. It can seem quite intimate from time to yeah. time. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to create a really safe place for people, um, not only who are getting tattooed, but also for the people who work there. Yeah. Um, so I really love that about the company. Um, and they're also, they also give a lot back. Like I think uh, during COVID, we donated, I think like, 10,000 gloves when uh, they were needed for the, by the hospitals. Just because obviously as tattoo artists, we had a huge right. amount of gloves. So we were able to give those away. Um, we also had artists, um, including myself, design face masks that were able to um, sell and then donate to charities. Love that. Uh, to help with the nurses and staffing. 
Um, and we're also actually able to give compensation to the workers who are out of work for that amount of time with the money that we also uh, raise. That's with amazing. Base mass. So yeah, there's a lot of just the company likes to give back, and I have to take um, like I mean I'll take some responsibility for that. <laughs> but um, that's definitely uh, the CEO Ricky. Um, he is just he's very very much about community, about helping people. He wants to see people succeed. He wants to help as much as he can, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a really nice company to work for, for sure. So I also read one of your recent posts where you were like, high school me is singing Nelly Furtado, but little did I know I would ever tattoo her for her first tattoo. So right? I heard your name like over the last few years because it's like every musician that I'm interviewing, is something comes up about getting tattoos in Toronto. And then I'm like, oh all of a sudden hearing your name everywhere. And I was like, I feel like I partied with that girl once. Anyway, so here we are, <laughs> right? How did the celebrity tattooing thing happen? And Nelly Furtado, you got to tell me about that too. Yeah. Um, I mean, my career gained a lot of speed very, very quickly. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I think I was actually on the precipice of when small tattoos were becoming very, very popular. Um, and luckily, I had a very, very steady hand, and I was able to do them very well. So when I first started as an apprentice, I thought that I would be doing realism because I had always drawn women's portraits, uh, realistic faces. So that's kind of the you know, avenue that I was, thought I would go down. But then as I started learning how to tattoo, a lot of my own mentors were very shocked by how steady my lines were. Um, even from like the first, they call tattoo. it micro, right? Micro tattooing, that style. Micro fine line tattoos, fine line tattoos, micro tattoos. Yeah, yeah. So it's anything that basically has like a very, very small needle, um, and it's a lot of precision. So I mean, when you're doing a big piece with a lot of shading, you know, those little lines they don't have to be. Yeah. Perfect. But obviously, if you're doing something very, very small, very simple, maybe it's a you know signature of um, a loved one that has passed away and memorial. Uh, you know, you see every single tiny mistake. So it's very important to have an artist who obviously has a yeah. good steady hand with it. And um, I mean, I truly believe that I got that from my grandmother. Uh, she was a Ukrainian woman who uh, survived a famine and two world wars. And uh, she was incredibly talented at painting um, Ukrainian Easter eggs, which take a lot of intricate Oh, detail. we did those in school very- in Richmond Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, it's a little bit different what she did because she had it with a wax, and it's it's basically like all almost like geometric patterns around an egg, but it's done in such a small scale that I think I truly got a lot of my kind of steady hands from her. Cool. So uh, thank you, thank you, Baba. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, as I kept learning, I kept tattooing. I became very, very good at the small tattoos, and I realized that in the studio there actually wasn't a lot of fine line artists. So you could own the niche. Yeah. So, and it was a little bit weird when I was talking to uh, some of my, um, you know, partners about it at the time because they were like, you know, like, really, you want to do like small things? Like, you don't want to do like a big back piece or a big arm sleeve? And and I just kind of thought about myself as a consumer and like what I would have wanted before I became a tattooist. Also as a female. Yeah, also as a female. Like, I appreciate the small tattoos and a lot of women do love those tiny, tiny tattoos that just... You know, they might be small, but they have a huge meaning to them. And, uh, you know, they want to go to someone who actually cares about doing it as well, as opposed to, you know, another artist who just kind of fill a break in between the day and says, okay, I'll do a heart for you, whatever. But right. it doesn't look Yeah. <laughs> we know. We know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that became um, my career started taking off. I started getting um, notoriety in like 
magazines. I was in Cosmopolitan. I was on Perez Hilton. Um, Amazing. I was in Allure. Yeah, I was in like the Vogue in the Philippines. What? Like it was just, it started just becoming, I got a lot of attention. Um, and then obviously from that, I started getting people reaching out to me who were really cool, such as Nelly Furtado. And uh, yeah, it was just, it's been a little surreal. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but then unfortunately, um, you know, during that time, I also got diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Yes, I've been reading about that. And that kind of led to the next journey yeah. that you've started. I had a note from 2022 that said brilliant ideas. And I had a lot of unused designs and drawings in my iPad that I thought would make really great jewelry. So that's kind of how this idea was born. My grandfather loved to sing. He loved to dance. He loved to party. Anytime that I, you know, felt down or didn't feel like myself, he would just always remind me, Joanna, you are marvelous. And I can just, I can hear him saying it, Joanna, you are marvelous. It was just something that I felt that I could make that would be, you know, a true testament to him and the legacy that he left behind. Butterflies were always my most requested design. And I think butterflies are a symbol of rebirth, transformation. So I started making jewelry based on butterflies. I like to think that there's lots of JoJo's butterflies flying all over the world. This is my attempt to say fuck you to Crohn's, and this is my attempt to feel alive again. Yeah, so um, I'm at a huge high. Everything's going great in my life. I'm, you know, traveling the world, tattooing. We're going to Vietnam. We're in, you know, Bali. We're in Thailand. People were flying you all over to do these tattoos. Yeah, like wow. we were just, I was really on top of the world. Um, and then it all kind of came to a halt um, because I got really, really sick and I didn't know what was happening. And um, it took a long time to figure out it, the unfortunate things with Crohn's and colitis is that um, it's very hard to diagnose. It's a very lengthy process mm -hmm. uh, because they basically have to rule out anything before they can give you that diagnosis. Yeah. So it's basically a, a process of elimination. Um, and during that time, I was... Uh, hospitalized for, you know, I think a couple months. I lost mobility because um, my joints and my whole body was inflamed uh, from Shit. being sick. So I couldn't, I couldn't walk. I couldn't hold a fist. I couldn't, I really couldn't do anything. Holy. So it was a very, very, very scary time in my life at that point because I realized that if I can't use my hands, how am I going to touch? Yeah. Um, so that was a very, very life-altering period. Luckily, I've, you know, been working through treatments for the past about five years. Um, within the last three years uh, is when it got quite serious. Um, and I've been hospitalized again, had to do some surgeries. But I've actually just recently started a new uh, biologic treatment, which is basically an immune suppressor. So um, I do my IVs, 176 weeks. Uh, they put me up with the medication. I actually did it yesterday. And um, it seems to be working, which is Fingers crossed that it continues that way. Um, and now I'm able to, you know, get back in the shop and, you know, feel good again. But that's kind of how uh, the jewelry line came to be. Chronic House. Chronic House, yes. So um, that basically started when I was in bed and I realized, you know, what would I do if I can't use my hands anymore? Like, how can I still continue to spread my heart and still do what I love, but if I can't, you know, get out of the bed? So uh, that's how Chronic House started, which, um, yeah. It became a really great outlet for me. It gave me a lot of hope. Yeah. It gave me a kind of a newfound purpose. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's um, now I'm excited that not only am I able to tattoo still, 
but now I'm able to also make jewelry. Yeah, you're like redefining, which is sweet. Yeah. You know, on this podcast, we talk so much about what women go through in the spotlight. And I think there's like a big piece here where it's brave that you have like shared your journey with Crohn's. I mean, people don't like to talk about their poop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's like the first excuse you give when when you don't want someone to ask you like what's wrong or why you aren't somewhere. Yeah, honestly, but like you can't take this shit seriously, so. (laughs) Like that, like that. You know, um, and I think that there's also um, the more and more people that I'm open up with it and I talk to you about it, there's so many people who are living with Crohn's colitis. So um, that's why even for the first launch of the jewelry collection, I had created a lot of pieces and I did them in honor of a lot of family members and friends. And uh, I was able to give some proceeds to uh, my papa's piece, which is the hairy stocking ring. I don't know if you can see it that well, oh, but it's that little beauty. butterfly in the middle. Yeah. And um, yeah, I uh, we gave proceeds to the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of Canada Look at um, you. in order to help research with that. Yeah, so um, I think it's really important to you know not be for someone to have a voice when it comes to that kind of stuff because it, it can feel very lonely yeah. when you're in the heat of it. Um, you can feel really isolated because it, it's an invisible disease. You look like you're okay, but you feel horrible. Yeah, and um, it's really hard to explain to someone that feeling if they've never felt it before. So I mean, anyone who's going yeah. through this IBD journey. You know, I have a lot of empathy for, and I just thought it was, you know, to kind of make it not so scary to talk about because I think people really need support during those times because, yeah. you know, eventually if you keep saying, you know, like your friends invite you out and you can't go out because you're sick yeah, and that happens over and over, eventually the invites stop coming yeah, and uh, it can feel very isolating. And I think that is just, yeah, I would love to bring a lot more awareness to that. And that's also something that's been quite important to me going forward in my career that if I can talk about it and, you know, spread awareness as much as I can, I'm I'm really happy to do that. It's Sarah Burke here, the host of the Women in Media podcast and the founder of the Women in Media Network. Yep, now there's an entire network. I've been working really hard to get things off the ground. And what would I do without coffee? I can barely function without it. But I feel much better about putting a coffee that's full of superfoods in my body. I've been loving the Focus Fuel Instant Mushroom Coffee from Organic Traditions. And of course, all the ingredients are organic. It's packed with Lion's Mane Mushroom to support memory, focus, and cognitive function, adaptogens to nourish your brain, and MCT powder to boost your energy and improve mental clarity. And before you make that face, no, it doesn't taste like mushrooms. It tastes like coffee actually better than most. There are hints of cinnamon and vanilla, and it is absolutely delicious. Did I mention it also just won Best New Mushroom Enhanced Beverage in a 2024 Brand Spark survey? Want to try the Focus Fuel Mushroom Coffee yourself? Head to OrganicTraditions.com and use the promo code WOMENINMEDIA20 for 20% off at checkout. And by the way, that applies for the entire site, not just the coffee. You're welcome. Just add water and get at it. Hello, I'm Wendy Mesley. There you are. A lot of people have wondered what happened to you. I could say the same about you, Maureen Holloway. Well, here we are, a few years after we left our previous jobs. We've been busy. We have a podcast. I know, you're thinking, who doesn't? But ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors. Activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden. 
Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn, Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us, Women of Ill Repute. So there's also a piece of your story where, you know, that high you were talking about and then everything coming crashing down. I think sometimes women find themselves thinking about things like that, like failure, when it's something completely outside of your control. How did you deal with like the new reality at that time when you were on top of the world? I mean, being a female tattoo artist, a lot of people can write you off as, oh, you're not that talented. You're just a pretty face. They can actually devalue the talent that you actually have and i've seen it with a lot of girls yeah and there's a lot of you know um older tattoo artist mentality that if i'm doing a small butterfly that that shouldn't be respected as much as you know someone's big back piece and i used to get a lot of you know oh they're only going to because you're home i mean thank you but uh (laughs) no that's not the case um you know obviously like my work speaks for itself and like I said, I have a very steady hand. And not only that, my tattoos heal the same way that they look the day of. So that's also very hard to find because sometimes you can get a tattoo and it looks beautiful when that tattoo artist takes that first photo. But then you give it three weeks and it does not look the same anymore. Yeah. So I had to kind of fight a lot with old coworkers who I no longer work with, uh, with people in the industry to kind of give me a little bit more respect. Um, and I know that that caused... Uh, some issues with some, again, both co-workers and stuff like that, but uh, especially when I became a partner. Because um, luckily, Ricky, the CEO, he was not in that mentality of you're only getting work because you're a girl. Yeah, uh, He saw the talent, he saw the value in me, and he took the leap in offering me a partnership and ownership in the company. And then I think, you know, some people actually left the company because they weren't in support of it that much. So I'm very, very grateful to him. You really see the narcissism and the misogyny that can be within the industry. But I'm very, very grateful that the team that I work with and the group of owners that we have um, are all very close friends of mine now. What about like venturing into business? Like, And I'm just venturing into my own business now after working for companies for years, right? And it can be very intimidating when you don't come from that background. Terrifying. Yeah. So how did you find how did you find that journey? Um, very scary. Um, I mean, even taking that leap to quit my job before knowing if I would actually be hired as a tattoo artist because I quit my job as an apprentice, right? So I was basically living off of my parents for that time when I was learning how to tattoo. Um, and it was, yeah, it was definitely really, really scary. It took a huge leap of faith to do it. In the end, I'm so, so grateful I did it because, you know, I think that some of the best things are on the other side of fear. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, it was, I think as long as you're passionate about what you're doing, and I think as long as you put love into your work, and I think if you, you know, give it your all, the money and the success will come. But it's about doing something that you're passionate about and something that you love. Yeah. Um, and having a good team of people around you to help you with that journey, right? So I had some of the best tattoo artists in the world who um, were able to, you know, give me their lessons and help teach me how to tattoo and support me along the way, you know, teach me about how to budget my money. Uh, and, you know, a lot of tattoo artists, 
you know, they live uh, paycheck to paycheck yeah. and, you know, they don't really think too long term because, you know, sometimes cash can come in really fast. And then there's other times like when COVID hit where it stops. Yeah. Like even when I was sick, if you can't physically tattoo or work, then there's no money coming in. So uh, that can also be a scary place. So luckily, again, um, the partners that I work with have been super helpful with, you know, helping me understand the business side of it, understanding how to, you know, save my money and invest it properly and, you know, do right things with it. And that's also, again, why Aquatic House was also established because, like, I am the head jewelry designer as of now, but it will slowly start to expand to other artists, whether it be in our shop or maybe not in our shop. Cool. We want to give them a platform that if they wanted to make their own jewelry, you know, we can take their designs, we can send them to our manufacturers, and then they can also sell them out of their workspace so that they can, you know, create another line of revenue and, you know, kind of help them out that, you know, when times are tough or you get sick or you, the world shuts down because of a pandemic that, you know, you can, there's still something that you can do to help keep you afloat. I feel like you're paving the way for you know, some of those people in the tattoo business to think differently about it for the first time. So good on you for that. 100%. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think even when we hired the HR team, I think that was like probably one of the proudest moments that I had because I just felt like it was so important to have that safety in the workplace. Yeah. And then even when we gave, you know, uh, the option of benefits yeah. to our workers, right? Like we wanted to create a space where people could work and actually the proper tools and the resources to feel like they're, you know, I'm taken care of, I'm comfortable and, you know, I'm protected. Yeah. Just going back to, again, being like a female in the tattoo space, can you tell me about a proud moment where you had to stand up for yourself? Maybe in one of those situations where your skill was questioned simply because you're a woman? Um, I mean, there's... There's been a few. I'm You're like, which one? which one? Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think about which one would be the most impactful. Um, I mean, I think historically, you know, apprentices are treated very poorly. In any business sometimes, yeah. Yes. They're kind of the punching bag of the studio and, you know, they're the ones doing all the cleanup and they're the ones, you know, still having to practice. But you can feel very belittled. Mm-hmm. So, um you can't treat someone like this, yeah. you know? And I mean, there's shitty people in any industry yes. that you work yeah, for. Yeah. But I think with tattoo artists, because it's more of a, you know, the, the culture is a little bit different, right? Like it's more of a personal vibe. A lot of these shops, it's like, you know, tattoo artists working with their friends. And yeah. it's a you know, close-knit group. And our company had to take a very strong stand and a no-tolerance policy when it comes to sexual assault. All of it. Yeah. I think also just like being able to get a lot more women in the industry yeah, and getting, um, like, I mean, like I told you when I started, the fine line wasn't a huge success. After I started doing fine line, I think about 70% of our hires now as apprentices are focusing on fine line. Cool. So I think it created up a whole new avenue for, you know, people to come and do what they love and be a part of the industry. Um, so that was a really proud moment too, is just like being able yeah. to like, bring women on the team, give them the resources and tools they need to be successful, um, and then continue to support them along, you know, not only through their apprentice journey, but also when you become a professional artist, you know, sometimes even working with clients, right? And there's a lot of guys who, you know, will get tattooed and, you know, again, you're very intimately sitting next to them, you're touching their skin, you're, you know, and they might say something quite inappropriate or make you feel uncomfortable. Um, 
And we have a zero tolerance for that too. So if that ever happens, we have protocols yeah. in place that you get out of there, you, you know, find someone at front desk, yeah. you know, that was also like a really proud and important thing that I think that we've implicated into the shop is to just like, you know, really make yeah. sure that we have a strong HR yeah. team and there's a zero tolerance policy. We, we don't give you two chances to fuck up. I love that. So um, I usually end this podcast um, asking you to drop a couple female names of people who have great stories to share, whether or not they're in the tattoo industry, but definitely like females that you see in the media space. Um, so think about that for a second. But on the way there, I want to know your most touching reaction from a client, like someone you've tattooed, one of the most touching stories that's come out of a tattoo. I mean, there's a lot. I know. Uh, I mean, tattoos in general, um, you know, people come to you because a lot of them have to do with, you know, a very significant change in their life. Um, maybe it's a memorial to someone that they've lost or loved. Um, I think a really cool one for me would be um, about last year. Um, I had one of the children that I used to look after in daycare turn 18, and she had reached out to me asking for her first tattoo. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so that was a very surreal, you know, moment for me um, because, I mean, when I worked with her, she was, I, I started with her when she was just in kindergarten. Um, it really ages me, but that's fine. We old. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're the same age. 87? We're, yeah, 87. <laughs> so <laughs> she had reached out to me asking for her first tattoo um, and she was actually, so I started with her in the kindergarten room and I actually, as was, I was an ECE, I kind of kind of followed her all the way up until she was school age. Um, and then eventually I left, you know, she eventually left and went on to high school. Um, and she actually, this was her last year of high school. So she's just about to go into university. And again, she reached out. She said, like, you know, she was actually a able to see me actually while I was in the process of my apprenticeship. So, you know, I'd be at work and getting the class ready and stuff like that. And she would see me, you know, quickly doing my sketches because I was getting my drawings yeah. done for my apprentice meetings later. Um, so she got to see kind of that really beginning level and that startup is how I became a career since then she obviously followed me on Instagram. Full circle. She's been watching my success. And it, yeah, it was a full circle moment. And she came in and she wrote me this beautiful, beautiful card that uh, basically just said that, you know, I, I had left quite, you know, they knew that I was leaving. But I think when I actually cut it off, I did it quite quickly and you know, kind of ripped the bandit off. Like I didn't want to have a long drawn out goodbye because that just would have broken my heart. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she had said, you know, like, I'm really happy to reconnect with you again. Um, you know, I still remember your drawings and um, how much you like, you know, cared about art. And I had implemented it into the program where I was working at the school. And uh, she had written that I had inspired her a lot um, to do her own artistic uh, journey. And the card that she actually made me, I didn't even realize until after that she had hand-painted it herself. And she has become extremely talented. And uh, she just said, yeah, that I inspired her a lot um, growing up. And she gives a lot of thanks for that. You feel that one. Whew. I, felt, I felt that one, yeah. So that was really, really, really special to me. Um, I've also had another client who came in. He was 93. Shit. It was his first tattoo. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll never forget him, Bernie. Um, <laughs> Bernie. Bernie came in. <laughs> Bernie, he came in, this sweet, sweet, sweet man. He wanted a quote. I think it was a Bible verse or something, something that was very meaningful to him. It was his first, and I think it was probably his only tattoo. Um, and yeah, he was just, the reaction he gave, he was just so, so proud and happy. And I don't think there's any better feeling than seeing a client look at their tattoo, you know, 
you see like you know the eyes well yeah. you know, they get really emotional and they're so happy and I don't think there's a bright feeling in that to be honest what was it that you tattooed on Nelly Furtado it was so small I couldn't really see it in that shoulder photo so um I mean she did actually ask me to keep it a little bit private it was something for her family Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, yeah. That's sweet. And she trusted you with that, which I love too. Yeah, she did. Um, I mean, Nelly Furtado actually like did have, um, so one of my really close friends, uh, Manny, he uh, is an extension specialist. Oh, I've heard of this fellow. Yeah. I'm actually going to see him uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, I think. I think we're doing pink hair. Again. Oh, very nice. So I'll be a completely new girl by next week. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, uh, he actually was the one who originally got introduced to Nelly Furtado to do her hair. Um, and then it just so happened that her daughter was a really big fan of mine. So when she made the connection that her mom was going to see Manny, that kind of got brought up. That, yeah. You know, his best friend is a tattoo artist, and that she loved my work. So I was actually able to go to Nelly's studio while she was recording this album that she's about to release. Oh, fun. Um, and I was able to actually watch her in the booth and while she was recording some of her songs. And Sick. Her music's amazing. Like, I'm so excited for it to be released. It's actually unreal. But yeah, and then I tattooed her daughter in the other room. It was, it was a really, really cool experience. Yeah, I mean, like who didn't like love Nelly Furtado, right? Yeah. So she's the Canadian icon. So that was really, really cool. To wrap this, uh, give me a couple names of uh, women you super admire that you think would tell great stories on this podcast, whether they're in tattoo art or not. Well, I mean, honestly, I'm inspired a lot by the women in my family. Yeah, um, my mom was working as a um, regional director for huge fashion companies. Okay, Tootsie, relax. I'm, I'm going to play your teeth. That's not Joanna making those noises for no. the record. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm not grunting. You, you can it's see the that. the dog. She just wants to play. She wants to play. Um, yeah, it's really women in my family that have given me, um, that have been really inspired by, like, my my mom was, uh, she was a regional director for Tristan in America. Oh. Um, I don't know if you remember that company. I totally do, yeah. Um, she worked in the fashion industry. She first started off at MAC Cosmetics. She was uh, doing the formulas and making, uh, you know, eyeshadows. No way. Different colors of lipsticks and stuff like that. And uh, then she ended up becoming a regional director of Tristan America. Um, I think from then she moved on to the children's place. So that was actually really cool to see my mom, who was a very, very strong, independent, yeah. successful businesswoman. And then at that time, you know, you're thinking about, 30 years ago, that was, you know, even harder than it is today for a woman. Few and far between. Yeah. Like, I mean, she was actually, like, my father was a police officer. She actually, you know, was making only better money than he was at that point, right? So, oh. I mean, that was really, really cool to grow up and see her just so successful and independent. Um, and then I look at my grandparents, my grandmother, her mother, uh, she actually was very high position at a bank, Gosha Bank. Like, my Nana was incredibly successful in her career. I remember she was, like, the go-to girl to if you needed a resume done or you needed to write and get anything <laughs> written out, you'd go to her because she was just incredibly intelligent. And then I also have my other grandmother on my dad's side. I mean, she was a Ukrainian strong, strong woman. She survived um, a famine, lost family members in Ukraine from that. Uh, she survived two world wars. Um, she was in a concentration camp. Oh my gosh. She was actually able to be rescued by British soldiers and uh, moved to England, where my dad was born. And she was just, I mean, this woman was a fighter to the end. So I think it's, yeah, the women in my family are the ones who have made me incredibly yeah. strong and determined and, you know, 
kind of take no shit from no one. We and love it. I'm really, really proud to you know have a piece of them. Oh, well, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. And it's been really cool watching your career since a night out in London, Ontario, what, 20 years I know, ago? right? How times have changed. <laughs> how times have changed. Yeah, we'll talk about our party stories later, but maybe not on air. <laughs> <laughs> but congratulations on your business, your new jewelry line. We'll, thank you so much. We'll have links and everything in the show notes if you want to check anything yeah, out. Yeah, and congratulations to you and, you know, starting your own venture. And I wish you all nothing but success. Oh, thanks. I think you're, I was watching your other podcasts the other night you seem to be doing great and i wish you all the success too thank you so much for having me and there we have joanna roman's fuck you to crohn's disease i couldn't be more inspired please check out chronic house and chronic inc at the links in the show notes if you're lucky you will get on her wait list but i'll warn you that's a bit of a journey too a couple things. Could I ask you to subscribe to the Women in Media podcast wherever you are listening right now before you go? That would mean so much to me and helps build the audience. Maybe you could leave a review about one of your favorite takeaways from one of my 73 amazing guests. And to keep up with what else is going on with the Women in Media podcast, I'm going to have lots of announcements coming soon. You're going to want to make sure you're on my mailing list at womeninmedia.ca. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Debbie Travis. And I'm Tommy Smythe. And this is Trust Me, I'm a Decorator. We're now podcasters. And why did we call it that? Well, you know us as decorators, but we've got lots more to share. We want to talk about travel and relationships. We're going to have amazing guests on. Guests who inspire us for sure. We'll probably talk about design too. And of course, Tommy, don't forget about food. Oh my gosh, how did I forget about food? So please follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or as they say, wherever you get your podcast. And we'll pop right up when we have a new episode. Where's us luck? This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.